Hey Slay, hey everyone, it's me Jay and I'm with my girl Nina and welcome back to the No Stylist Left Behind podcast. We want to give a special shout out to our amazing sponsors at Olico Professional. Thank you for being our besties. Nina, I am legit living my best life today. I know you are. <laughs> I know it. I am on cloud nine because you know we love having special guests. Mm-hmm. And I think we just need to jump into it. Oh, we don't we don't have any time to waste. No, so we let's don't. Let's get to it. Let's get it. So we have an exceptional and phenomenal guest here with us today. And he is the global artistic and business director for John Paul Mitchell Systems, a proud salon owner in California and Oklahoma and an icon in our industry. We want to welcome Robert Cromines to the No Stylist Left Behind podcast. Okay, so while I'm doing this, I wasn't looking at you, Jay. I was just listening. I go, you could do this for me full time. He <laughs> yes. Could, he does this sort of low roll, the high roll, and then it kind of spins it off. So it's not an <laughs> overdose one. Um, quite a broadcasting voice because we were rehearsing on the top of this. You weren't in your, your, you were in your living room voice. Now you're in your... <laughs> Welcome to ABC. Yes. Yes. Listen, we have a blast. Me and Nina like get our like zone in with our voice and everything. Yeah. We're characters. And I think a lot of people should know this if you don't know who I am. I play a character, but it's as close to me as I am. It's what I am in an airport, in a hotel, (laughs) as I travel the world. I'm the same guy. Uh, It's the lifestyle I've been able to enjoy for the last 35 years. And I think it's a big part that what's changed in the industry, you had to conform before. And if you, you know, didn't conform, you weren't moving anywhere. Right now, it's really brought up a lot of the lifestyle of what people do and yes. the balance between work and doing the stuff, other things that you want to do. So, uh, you know, to me, a lot of people don't take Zoom and technology and podcasts seriously. You know, they're not committing to the microphone, not committing to the camera. Yeah. And when I rehearse show teams, and it's not always me because I'm born to do it. But I said, so I'll do it when the real show happens. I said, no, you'll do it for me now in rehearsal because it's like learning dialogue you're going to say to a client. Oh, but when I do it for real, I'll do it right. Do it right like Johnny Depp yes. would in a pirate movie and then you'll own it. Mm-hmm. And that's the part that we really, you know, as hairdressers, whether you're a freelance or a team player, dialogue and words is what's going to take you to the next level of being the craftsperson you are. Uh, it's not to do with getting technically better. It's getting better with your mouthpiece, your mouthpiece of how you express and say things and getting them hanging on words that you use instead of just being like Charlie Brown's parents. So, you know, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a presenter, I'm a communicator, I'm a showman. And, you know, I, often, you know, I dress up a bit. Everybody knows me for being a bit wild. But that is a lure, baby. That is a lure to bring yes, you back. Yes. I had a kid said to me, I went to a show in Jersey and then I walk up to the stage and I, I walked up because how he was dressed. But it's what he said that kept me there all day. Yeah. I use it as a lure. I'll go into shows in Europe and Italy, Nina. I come walking in like a gunslinger. They're like, who the hell is that guy? They're all just, <laughs> then they watch me rehearse. And when I rehearse, I commit to it. Yep. When you watch me rehearse, you know what you're getting at the show because you just see me right in front of you when nobody was watching of what you've got to do to be good at it when, it, when it's mic on, when it's showtime. And, you know, everybody's talking about being authentic. Authentic isn't just speaking your mind. Authentic is in the way you position and place yourself compared to others. So, you know, I think this is the beautiful thing. And I became a hairdresser because of the fashion, you know, because I wanted to dress a certain way. And I thought this would be a perfect avenue for me to be a certain way and still be accepted in an industry. 
And, you know, I would just say, I'll work under some rooms and they will freak out and wonder where the F does that guy work? They just, because if they don't know me, the judgment <laughs> factor of our industry happens to me every day where I walk into audiences or I say something. And, you know, I had a big chain of salons that once said to me, I seen you walk in, I couldn't look at you. And I listened to you on stage and all I did was look at the floor because I didn't have the, I didn't have the nerve to look right at you. Yes. And then, when, then when he started hearing it, he said, oh my God, you really, you care. You, you know, it's like, you cannot, you can't fake this stuff. You either yes. love the industry. People say they love it. I say, tell your face, Jay, tell your face if you love it so much. I think there's improvements we can make pre-COVID or after COVID that can change us forever. And I think as much as it's been devastating, people have died and all those terrible things, there's a silver lining to it. So uh, just because people may be hearing me for the first time, my mentor, Paul Mitchell, the man who was a hairdresser, he's not a bottle of shampoo, was one of the most outspoken guys in the world. He used the F word a lot, and I'm not talking about frizz. He cut hair <laughs> with a curved comb. He used clippers, flat tops on girls. Uh, he would do this roller set, and you'll love this. He would do it on magnetic rollers backstage. We'd pull the rollers out. He'd then go in with balloons and blow them up and put balloons in where the rollers were. And when they come up on stage, he started pop, pop, popping them and then brushed it out. Mm. showmanship and presentation skills is a real reality. Well, I met him in beauty school through a video and I watched this guy and I heard his mouth and I knew he was from Scotland and I knew he was a bit of a renegade that nobody could control him. You know, right. he once did a series of pubic hairstylings in a book many years ago. <laughs> long before the book. Uh, he was crazy on purpose. He parents believed him. So that mentorship while I'm in beauty school, when I see a guy cutting with curved scissors, using duct tape, using balloons. I thought, well, I can do anything. This is my right. Guy. So how we pick mentors doesn't mean you work one by one. It's listening to people like us. Uh, it's watching everybody, not just the people you think you idolize because you can learn from everybody. And, you know, and try not to be so judgmental when you first see somebody. Yeah. Uh, I get it so often, but I love proving them wrong. So I do it on purpose. Uh, my mother-in-law travels with me sometimes and she'll be behind me and I leave a wake. Meaning when it's yes. behind me, there's this reaction afterwards. And she wants, she's a little New York lady. She wants to defend me, like roll up her sleeves and punch people <laughs> out. And I said, Patty, I do it for attention. I do it to draw. And I don't switch into my tracksuit when I'm traveling. I mean, this is how Robert Cormies comes. Uh, you know, I, I go to the supermarket lately. It's just to me, I wanted to be in the style, looking a certain way. And I absolutely live it and breathe it. And I think it's a big part. So for me, my journey started maybe 35 years ago, falling in love with Paul and JP, been there ever since, uh, opened a few salons along the way, closed a few along the way, uh, because I found out real easy, Jay, they're not salons, they're businesses. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so, you know. Yep, we've all lived in that space. Yeah, we make a little emotional allowance for a salon. It's our salon, it's our dream. It's, But if it's treated like a business, I'm just saying I've opened them and I've closed them. So I try to think of a little non-emotional about it. I pay attention to data and numbers, which is also a big surprise that people will yeah. look at me like I look like the class idiot and the fact that I know more about numbers than most people on the earth. Um, it's really quite fascinating. So it's that misdirection I call in show business. I misdirect audiences. I make them look here, what we do over here. The same as when you edit video, you misdirect them, you take them yes. places. And you know, I think the same as in conversation, how you can lead somebody down a path to laughter or tears, if that's your point, you know? So I've been doing it a while, been on a lot of stages, did it the old way, long before there was an Instagram. 
Facebook. Yes, I and I, I want to talk more about yeah. that, Robert. Like I did, I did get on MySpace when it first came out. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I think we all, right? I think we all lived in that MySpace world. But that's one thing that I love about your story. Everyone, I'm, I hang on every word that you say. And I know everyone listening right now is like so giddy as much as me and Nina. And, you know, you've been in this industry for 35 years, right? And you are a force, but not only are you a force, but you practice. You, I, I know for a fact from stories just personally together that you will be in your living room and pull out mannequins. You will be adapting and evolving and you are 35 years into this industry. And I want you to speak to the stylists who are looking towards a longevity career and you've reinvented yourself. You put yourself in rooms that maybe sometimes feel uncomfortable. If you can dig deeper into that for like that new school point of view, how do you reinvent yourself and how do you stay relevant as you moved and shook this industry <laughs> along your way? Yeah. Well, you know, I got to 25, maybe 30 years ago when I started opening salons, I had these crazy ideas how I could make it better. I couldn't, I invented the color bar, yes. my little head and other terms that we use to take the sink and elevate the experience. And, you know, you look at it from a pace, especially if you've got a young listener here, it's like, I want to be you. Well, there's a rite of passage and everything I thought I wanted is not where I'm at. It's in a different direction. It keeps changing and it's not always up to me, but I just take advantage of what comes my way. And, you know, I hope many kids listen to this. I want to be an art director, but let's talk about loyalty. And as a salon owner, I'll talk about this and even being true to the brand where you work, Jay, I admire the company you work in so much. What a business model. So for me, understand there's different points of view of a business model, but I think that the thing that has helped me throughout all is being with a company that I had work involved. I wouldn't have had million dollar salons if I wasn't making the money on the show circuit to build the salon. So for me, I've been very, very lucky. And the thing about Paul Mitchell that I want to make sure everybody understands, they've always let me have free word. Uh, I've always been able to speak my mind. No, I don't run a bunch of F words together. But within <laughs> the realms of how you can say and do things without, you know, saying or doing things, that's where you got to be clever. Yes. Uh, you know, I just think there's something to it. So I'm very grateful for that opportunity. And I'm a product of the company in many ways, because when I first started this journey, I was a kid. I was a pin passer. I was an assistant for 10 yes. years. An assistant to the wow. platform artist, Jean Ra, who was Paul's partner. I passed her pins for 10 years. The first couple of years, I didn't contribute much, but over time I became necessary. And I tell you what helped me a lot, humor. I can make an audience laugh. You tell me they will never laugh. They told me in Japan, you can't make Japanese people laugh. I go, I bet you I can, and I did. <laughs> so my upbringing has sort of led to it. And after a while, really understanding what a platform artist was or an educator was, I figured for me to be really good at it, I had to put my money where my mouth is and have a salon. So I had an example, something to talk about, like going from a $25 haircut to a 50 or going from a $400 day to $1,600 a day. And while I was cutting hair, I do all this, just dropping little words, little gifts. And, you know, whereas most people let's have a business seminar, people don't need a business seminar download. What they need is a, just a little pip as you're going through of how you would do yeah. this better and what conversation goes with that. And, you know, hairdressers, especially these guys, if you're on Instagram or you work on stage, working and talking was the biggest thing I learned from Paul Mitchell 
I'm one of the few artists in the world that can work, talk, tell jokes, because if you stop cutting hair, it's no longer called a show, it's called a talk. And if you can't put those two together and engage the two and create conversations or stories, that just makes it beautiful for the audience. We've got to remember what's sitting on the outside looking in. So I just feel that the, the loyalty, whether you're working in a salon, you're part of a brand, that over time, you see the benefit. At first, you don't. You see all these options. I could be this. I could be that. But if you're going to choose a brand, choose one that speaks to you. I think you've done that, Jay, uh, yes. that you feel you can honestly testify to. You yes. know, it's not just who's going to pay me. You're not going to sound authoritative. Uh, you know, right, I see, right. you know, I'm picking up. I'm, I'm endorsing your product. I'm picking it up, reading the label. Going, this is my favorite product. What's its name? I mean, that's not authority. That's not right. Yeah. You know, I don't need to say anything for Paul Mitchell to sell shampoo. I just tell a story of what we did yesterday. And they're like, oh my God, you're the best salesman ever. It's really about going into, you know, where does your heart belong? What companies or brands identify with the sort of loyalties you're into? Are you green? Yes. Are you vegan? Are you into getting show work? I mean, whatever it is, you like rainbow hair. I'm not judging, just saying you've got to find one. I was very lucky. Not knowing anything in the world, I joined Paul Mitchell and I actually got to discover the whole universe. And, you know, that's a beautiful position to be in. But I, I do recommend it, especially when you look at the explosion of the Internet and all these guys freelancing around the world. But that doesn't always pay the bills. And then getting down to, you know, getting tied on. So we went through this kind of indie revolution of these, you know, like the London invasion. All these Instagrammers are out there. And then slowly, slowly, you see them shift into Matrix, to Bredkin. Uh, so there was a sort of vote of, from the industry of new leadership, please, and they got it. And I kind of find that very exciting because old guys like me don't deserve to be on platform just because we're old. You know, if people say <laughs> right. the are dying, I go, no, the people doing them should be dying. Yes. Uh, there comes a point that you shouldn't step up there and put yourself in harm's way, whether you're entitled to or not. And I hope to take that advice. But... I still compete. So when I train and teach educators at Paul Mitchell, they know I do this job. I still work in front of 12,000 people and do nine haircuts in 30 minutes. I dash and push you into places because to me, I've got to take risk in every job I do. And I just think that this is a, a, a thing that people need to pay attention to. Long-term, how are you going to be on this? And especially after COVID, you guys got to be thinking differently because all of you thought you had it made. And I think for me, an old guy, I'm wondering, will I ever get on a stage again? And for some of you youngins out there, you're thinking, will I ever get on a stage again? Uh, it will happen. But right now, we got to focus on being digitally dangerous, how to put stuff under there, how to create your own show. We don't really need a platform. And, you know, you give me a compliment of kind of evolving. I remember we were at a show in Vegas. Uh, Mary Richter, the founder of BehindTheChair.com, was there. And she got into a fight in the hallway with one of my loyalists that she said I had to work on my Instagram number, like my sleep mattress number. But I have an iPhone. <laughs> I'm a rock star. I, I, I kind of feel like would Vidal Sassoon be on Instagram? I mean, I, right. was, I yes. was there. And as much as she gave me grief, I mean, I actually like it. I used to play words with friends. I mean, I much rather play Instagram. So for me, she was exactly right for me to have the qualifications. And I did put a bit of effort into it. And now I'm fascinated by Reels, TikTok. Every day I'm exploring and learning new things about it. So too many people sit down to where they were and going, this is what we are. Like in the 80s, everybody said, I'm, I'm a cutter. I said, we got a blow dry. They go, I don't do blow dries. I'm a cutter. Mm, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. shame on you. Anything that crawls in the doorway of a salon, you should be prepared to do. That's the fact of nature. 
So I think right now we've got to really understand what's important in the diversity of the industry from authenticity, just the diversity of the client base, barbering is blowing up. Everything is a whole new world, but staying current. I have people say to me, well, I'm, you know, I'm too old for Facebook or Robert, why would I go on Instagram? I, you know, I said, well, it's also the information you get. It's not just what you put out there. Every day on my feed, stuff that inspires me comes in. It's better than the word of the day, book of the month club. <laughs> uh, you know, so getting on there and showing people what you're about. And I don't care if you post once a month, make it count. But letting people know what you do is the new way to do business. And I'm absolutely I'm really into it. And I've, you know, again, I'm nearly, I'm not 60 yet, but I will be. Um, but I'm on all this shit. I'm learning how to talk, <laughs> not doing all this shit dance moves, but you know, seeing how to pace it and what to get up there, what's interesting. Same with reels. Um, you know, I, I think about this, I've traveled for seven million miles in my career, and I had a haircut on IGTV when it came out, got two million views. And that's the sum of my whole career, Nina. I've been traveling for 7 million miles, <laughs> 1,700 strip searches, um, you know, delays, everything else you can imagine. And here you go with one pop on the internet. Suddenly I've mm -hmm. got 2 million views. Wow. And it also taught me how shit talk works on the internet. That's a new one I had to learn. You know, at least somebody watches my show. They go in the bar and say how shit it was. Not to my face. You know, um, you know it's a very hard one for me to deal with because I'm very... I'm very loving and my feelings can get hurt. And often where I see them getting tender is in the comment box when people go off on the, mm -hmm. you know, I say this great story. And then somebody says, well, you're a douchebag and then says something. And I said, if I took away the first statement, what you said was very beautiful, <laughs> very real. <laughs> but why did you got to call me the douchebag part? Why did you have to say that? You know, and this happened just recently. Uh, I responded to something I seen on the internet. I got, you know, I went for it, talked through my heart, which always works. Um, but I just think that hairdressers, we got to judge a little less. At least if you're going to judge, don't write it down. Like if I walk by you, you can think what you want to think about it, but don't dare to write it in my column, put it on my posters. And I, I had a guy said to me, what's up with me wearing a hat? I'm a hairdresser. I said, if I was a proctologist, I'd wear pants. How <laughs> dare you judge? Uh, I'm just saying a lot. Of, so it's, it's just a case that I don't think it's in our favor because when I see a judgmental industry, you know what I worry about? You're judging the client too. Mm -hmm. She's walking in the door and you are making an analysis and you're wrong. I got kicked out of Harrods in London two or three times and I was wearing a $10,000 jacket, Jay. I somehow didn't fit their profile. I had more than enough money to shop there. Uh, this is a, a reality to it. When I'm walking through Neiman Marcus, two security guards are patrolling with me because they think I'm a shoplifter or something. The reality is we're so quick to judge people and I think we're so, so wrong. And I'm just saying we should never judge each other. Sure, have comments, have, you know, say what you want to say, but just don't set it up with bad words or, you know, just be fair on what people's emotions feel like. Yeah. Um, you know, if I was to write something negative on the internet to towards somebody, I think they would shame them to death. And yet people in an anonymous way think they can do it to us all day. I just said, no, I just, I, I find real, I find real worrying characteristics about it, especially because I love hairdressers. I love what the industry's done for me, but ultimately we're servants of the heart. And if yes. you want to be a servant of the heart, you can't mm. look at somebody walking in the door and go, does she have the right money? Is she the right person for me? Or is her hair too curly or is it skin color? You know, in the Black Lives Matter, we had one of those beautiful signs in the door right when it happened, Black Lives Matter. And, you know, I don't know if you guys know, but my both of my kids are black. So, 
you know, I got, I got a bit of point of view on this, not to get political, but we got a one Yelp review in one of our salons because the lady was threatened by that thing on the door, the fist on the door mm-hmm. for the Black Lives yeah. Matter. She gave me a one because she couldn't give me a zero and wrote down all these reasons why she would never be back. And I was quite thankful. Um, but the, the, the kind of reality of the business model right now is very interesting. And I just think the judgment part, especially for hairdressers like us, we got to love on everybody, give them the opportunity to spend money with us. And if they see the value in it, they're going to spend it. Don't judge the book by the cover or the wallet or the shoes, Uh, not even the watch. You could be so surprised where it comes from. And I just think that's a part that I learned the hard way, Um, you know, and it's judgment. And, you know, I had a client in Vegas, 10 years ago, 360 pounds, sitting in my waiting room with pink hair before it was trendy. And my reservation said, I got you a walk-in. And I didn't do walk-ins, but this lady was excited. I said, let me go do her hair. And I touched her and she said, this is the most meaningful day of my life. I said, why so? She said, I just had the lap band installed and I've lost 120 pounds and I came to Vegas to celebrate. I used to be a redhead. I went to the supermarket, bought red dye to put on my hair and her hair was so gray, it went pink. Mm. I fixed it with 4G. I cut it with a razor two minutes. I left the salon. Um, Two hours later, I'm on the casino floor and the manager calls, said, that lady's still here. I said, what's up? She goes, she keeps tipping people $100 bills, everybody that works there. And I said, why is that? She goes, she's the third wealthiest woman in America. That's not what you've seen right away. It's not what you kind of go see. You can be so surprised. And I think for an industry, give people the benefit of the doubt. You know, as I say, you got something to say that's nice, put it down there, something that's negative throw it away, throw it away. Absolutely. It's, just, it's hurtful. I think, there's, hurtful. I think there's such a, you know, it's just being kind. You know, we have to be mindful of what we say and what we say and how it affects other people. And it's so easy to hide behind a screen. It's easy to hide behind a phone and type and say all of these things, right? But I want to kind of circle back a little bit because you mentioned, you, you talked about COVID. And I want to talk about this because we have a lot of salon owners, stylists, independents, commission owners, everybody's been affected. And now, today, it has been announced that California is able to go back to work. So I want to dive into this a little bit, and I want you to be able to give advice to everyone now that is like, okay, now we can go back to work. What does that look like? What does the rebuilding phase look like? What are they, what should they start to do? What are first steps? Because I've already received DMs from people that they're feeling very overwhelmed. They're excited, of course, but they're overwhelmed. So can you walk them through what this next phase is going to look like? Right now, my wife is in the other room going ballistic, just like you described, okay? She's thinking, <laughs> yeah. I'm we get home tomorrow, let's rush in. Let's first of all, pause, hit pause. Hit pause and ask yourself, what are we gonna do to create the perfect experience? Are mm-hmm. you ready? How long is it going to take to get clients in the book? And do you really want to go to work a day with one or two? You want to get, you know, your, your, your thing situated. You're about to have your own show and you need time to rehearse that a bit. You don't just open up the doors and let the floodgates in. So mm-hmm. first, sit back, pause, decide what that means for you, whether we open Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, regardless of what the governor said. I'm not in a hurry to do it. What I want to be in a hurry for is when I run that show, it's perfect. The right amount of hairdressers on, with the right amount of clients. I want perfect days. I don't want just a, a let's run in and get something done. Nobody is that desperate. And that's what the three shutdowns have taught me. We yeah. were considered essential. What the world has told me we're as not as essential as we thought we were. Because people are feeling for their lives and their safety. They're risking their lives to sit in their chairs. So the first part, we got to be different than we were before. Uh, the focus I put on it, uh, Nina and I talk about fewer clients, more meaning. 
That just means mm-hmm. instead of the old way, it was pace, 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 pace. When we did the first shutdown and we came back into business, my staff said, we're not going to be able to make money because we're not double booking anymore. I said, well, actually, you're wrong. An average hairdresser who doubles or triple books has a ratio of service about 1.2 or 3, which produces a very small to average ticket. But if you get into a multiple services per client, like I give you, you know, you're a perfect client for me. I give you haircut, color, treatment. I'm now a 150 ticket, $200 ticket. I don't need a lot of Ninas in my day. Mm -hmm. And not only am I going to put your color on, Nina, I'm going to sit with you while it processes. Um, We got to change this game. COVID did it for us. We don't have a choice. If I told you this shit before COVID, you'd be like, oh my God, that guy's up. He's nuts. Right now, this is the way you're going to protect yourself of celebrating the clients you love, having lunch in between, so not working that crazy thing. Learn from them. Do an excellent consultation. When I said to my team, how come you're not doing a great consultation? I'm so busy, Jay. I'm so busy, so busy. How come you don't sell retail? I'm so busy, so busy, so busy. How come you're not selling shit? Because I'm so busy, so busy. Well, stop. Let's look at it again. What's most important to each guest? When we talk about selling products, everybody's like, wow, yeah, I'm not a salesman. (laughs) A retail sale is called a retention sale. If I sell you, Nina, a bottle of shampoo, chances are you'll be back in my chair. Just like if I sell you color. So when I talk about managing the ticket, getting multiple service per guest, you don't need six a day, three well-placed clients gives my wife a $1,000 day without yeah. breaking sweat and having lunch. We need to pee more. We need to eat more. We need to take care of ourselves. So this new pace, if you apply the logic of every other client was just leaving with one and a bit services because I was running, now I'm focusing just on you, 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 and suddenly that ticket enlarges suddenly you've got a whole new world here where you can be working less, making more money. And I think this is a reality. Uh, If you're in California, maybe you get access to PPP. Um, I'd suggest to recruit with that, signing bonuses. Um, You know, there's ways to use it. And, you know, I just think that we've got to build our team and our clientele right now. And I think this is a big strategy. Here's one that will very much surprise you. Um, Mary's birthday, I went to buy her boots at Neiman Marcus. Big secret, I didn't tell her, of course. I get her these great pair of uh, John Paul Gaultier boots. They glitter, they blink. And um, I get them home, I hide them as I usually do. And then some lady calls the salon from Neiman Marcus because her mother had home hair and she'd had some problems with it. So as a result, I ended up getting this lady who served me in Neiman Marcus, her mom came in. Now we created a ticket that day on corrective color going from platinum hair to back to dark. She had hair missing. She had scalp issues. There was break off from the scalp, Jay. Gone. Not a bit of hair left on the head. And as if Tiger Woods swiped a golf ball off of it. It was just swiped out of there. So this poor lady had no protection. She went at home, but it wasn't a kind of normal way. And we fixed it. It was no big deal. And she kind of seen what her ways. But home hair is probably the reality of where the industry is going to go next. Because 50% of the clients aren't coming in. So I'm going to send it to you. So we just signed an exclusive deal in San Diego that we will get absolutely delivery on hair services with the Robert Crummings brand. And the only way they can get access to this clientele is through our brand. So we become like a Kate Moss agency. It's not about brick and mortar. It's about getting there. And I'm just saying, if you could go to a household, think about this. Even as a way to supplement your income, Jay, you're building a business, which is hard in LA. I know how hard it is. California is tough, isn't it? Right? Suddenly you're making house calls and you meet Nina and Nina's like, yeah. Oh my God, it's so fun, Jay. And then you go, well, I work here too. <laughs> so you kind of come in from that point of view. 
what a way that your location of where you are, brick and mortar, doesn't matter. And I am so excited to launch this. We see this as being a big part. I believe that most of the business we gain will come not from our customers already. It'll be from people that have never tried us before that have heard about our reputation on safety, yes. protocols, don't let up on these protocols, no half masks. I seen some jackass on the internet last week, half mask, thinking it's funny. You know, don't be a mask hole. Apply yes. the protection for you, the people around you, not just because you believe in politics. Just this is what we got to do. Optics of the client are who you're trying to please. So, uh, you know, we're seeing more new guests in our company coming because of the safety protocols than ever before. So my high ticket is up bigger than ever before. Something's a hundred person, a hundred dollars a person, Jay. Average yeah. ticket gain on playing this way over the way we used to do it by double booking. Mm-hmm. Let's slow it down, spend more time. And if you take that to color extensions, blah, 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 you can go on forever. This could change the game forever. It really could. I really believe that. And I see it already through our operation. We don't have the volume anymore. That's what people need to understand. The industry's built on volume and performance. You have lost the volume, so focus on the performance. Yes. Do a consultation mm-hmm. that takes you larger. Do yes. a shampoo that makes her want to go smoke cigarettes. You know what I'm talking yes. about. We, <laughs> we call it sex in the sinky. Who's yes, your you do. <laughs> These are the things the clients enjoy, and I'm just saying we are so quick to drop it when we're running behind. We're so quick to yes. drop it because we're running behind right down to somebody's name. Yes. And just simple tactics. And if you spend the time on a perfect consultation, great experience, great technical stuff, uh, you're going to see a whole different you and you'll see a different client, a different respect level. And more importantly, you'll see a different average ticket, which is no matter how you work in this industry, freelancer team, you're eventually paid on the size of that number. Yes. And it's not show friends, it's show business. I want people to understand that. Uh, I, I feel for clients that maybe can't afford me, but I've got other people to offer. But I'm just saying, you've got to go to where your value is. And what I'll tell you all about increasing prices, when you do it, you kind of grow into it. I'm sure if somebody buys, you know, you could be the poorest guy in the world. If you had a Lamborghini, you'd grow into that real quickly. So I'm just saying what you got to do is when the price goes up, grow into what you've got to do to take that next $10 jump. Mm-hmm. It yes. cannot be the way you were before. Right. It cannot be. We used to do shampoos with sparkling water from Perrier. We do hot and cold towels. We do all this kinky stuff. In Vegas, we even used to do it with champagne. It does nothing for the hair, but we would shampoo <laughs> your hair. And at the end of it, we'd pour bubbles and you would feel it. You'd feel it. It was amazing. Yes. Um, and it was like 200 bucks and the few drunk people got it. But the reality is you've got to take it to the next level. So we call it a wash house. All of our sort of places are very dark. Uh, so if you're in a you know, independent suite, my suggestion, get a dimmer. So when you're taking them on the journey of shampoo, drop the lights, baby, and only use your bedroom voice. Don't be, you know, <laughs> Hello. hey, Mina, what you having for lunch? I mean, you've heard this shit. Uh, it just doesn't, shouldn't go on in any size operation <laughs> certain times to be very personable and all that stuff but there's also times just to chill out because if you shampoo in the proper way with like you know only conversation when necessary you relax into it more as a stylist yes. and you get that bit of bit of rest as if you just went to happy feet just for a minute <laughs> you get to clear your mind focus on your day and that's what COVID I think is bringing to our industry let's not strain ourselves to get nowhere Let's focus a little bit differently. Spend time to write a script on the perfect consultation. Yes. Spend time to write a script on recruiting new clients. 
get your scripts right. Like I love Johnny Depp so much because he did that pirate thing, which I thought was surely me. Uh, <laughs> but ever see the boy without a script? He is an absolute buffoon without a script. He can't form a sentence. And you give him a script, he is Captain Jack Sparrow. So nothing's wrong with taking a bit of scripting, something you practice, do it on your iPhone, get the hang of saying it. So if you're asking for referrals or you're having to increase prices, don't try that on a onesie. Give it a few rolls until it comes something that's easy for you so you can understand how to do it exactly. And I think you'll be surprised what you've got to deliver. If somebody ever told me that you cost too much, it was never the cost. It's I delivered too little. Yes. Value. And I think yeah. all of you need to think of that. If yeah. you think your client from 25 to 30 would freak out, you're given too little. And that's why they would freak out. You've got to take a $50 haircut and figure a way to give it a $100 experience. Then 50 is a discount. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you all need to remember. And I think with pace, you can be more diligent at the discipline that would help you obtain that type of connection with a guest. I mean, this is yes. I, I think this is so beautiful because it's almost for me thinking about my journey in this industry. You know, it's a full circle moment because when I first started, it was all about experience. I mean, I was homegrown with John Paul Mitchell Systems and it was all about that one guess at a time. And then we got a, a lot noisier in the industry. We needed more, more, more. We were focused on more, more, more. And then all of a sudden, years later, I already two years ago started focusing on one person at a time. And I remember people being like, Jay, you're crazy. What? I was like, no, my experience is exceptional. I'm actually having a higher ticket than you're over here busting ass. You know what I mean? So now I see that we're, you know, refocused and it's all about experience. And I love that you talked about that, Robert. Well, also, because it's Jay, a full it's circle. Last- but it's, yeah. more, it's also the biggest way we get clients, unfortunately, maybe for you. Yes. I don't get them off Instagram. I get them by word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this thing we talk about will build your business if you do yes. it properly. Yes. If I don't see new clients on your book as a coach, yeah. you suck. Yeah. Because the word of mouth is what brings in new clients. And if there's no word of mouth, there's no reputation being built. It's something you're doing that isn't working. It could be your shampoo. It could be your technique. It could be your dialogue. But please, ladies and gentlemen, look in the mirror. This is not the economy or COVID that's hurting you right now. So don't fall into that trap. You've got to ask yourself honest questions. Am I given the ultimate experience? Wow. Are people craving me? Are people beating down my door to see? And the way you would know that isn't from Instagram likes. You would know it by other clients talking about you. So when they're anywhere they are, whether it's Zoom or anything else, they're giving you referrals. That's the greatest indicator to celebrate as a hairdresser. Mm-hmm. And when they're not there and there's a void, you should be asking yourself the question, what am I not doing quite right that I'm not getting the word and the benefit from my clients who love me? Your clients love you. And if they truly love you, yes. they're going to recommend people. Even if you don't ask them, they just can't help themselves. They're like promoters, you know, yeah. they're telling their friends and then even people that aren't their friends, that's what you want. <laughs> and they can work for it. But everything is very simple on the aspects you learn in school. It's as simple as that one guest at a time. Uh, it's kind of like Jesus song one day at a time, sweet Jesus. You can only truly yes. as a human being focus on one thing at a time. This is a fact of just the way the brain works. And yet we, for whatever reason, got in this habit of multi-spinning 12 plates. Mm -hmm. And that's not necessarily, you know, 
that's probably the most fatiguing thing in the world when you're spinning 12 plates all day. You yeah. know, and you're not, how many times have we made bad decisions in the color mixing because we rushed it through? Or, you know, yes. it just, time is a beautiful thing. Slow it down, be a little more effective with it. Have more enjoyment in it. Ask yourself the question, are these the clients I love? Because you may want to rebuild because you want a clientele that you can hang with on a daily basis. Uh, my son's 21, he's a hairdresser. All I want for him is a few his mates to get their hair done. I don't want him doing these old ladies I do that are 75 and 80. Uh, I want him to find cool kids like him and do that type of thing and then be an educator, be a filmmaker. The new world is going to be very diversified. Um, yes. That nobody's going to have the jobs like when we, you know, we used to work assistants 60, 70 hours a week 20 years ago. Don't do that anymore. Everybody's working part time. So it's about finding this part time lifestyle that creates the financial gain that you can live the life you're after and take care of people. And, you know, this is a big thing for us because, you know, the, the, the well being of a hairdresser financially, we get into art, we get into all this fun stuff. But at the end of the day, if you can't pay your bills, you can't live then has hairdressing been good to you? And the answer sometimes could be no. Uh, but it's kind of like these principles are very simple and yet resistance is quite grand of, oh, well, I mean, I've heard that before, but I haven't done it. You've got to get your habits in. You've got to give it a try. You've got to get your feet wet, do it consistently, and you will see the results of it just like working out. And as simple as it may seem, you're like, no way, that's all there is. That's how I'd go build a business anywhere in the world. I could build a clientele from anywhere, from thin air, yes. simply because I know being a hairdresser allows me to do that. Jay made a, a switch and moved across country. Um, this is why I chose the industry, so that I could take care of myself under any situation. Sure. And I think this is a big part of what's next there. To, if you're going to protect yourself, this is how you protect the business you have right now and protect your career or your salon. So I think this is a part people have to look at. So, yes. you know, wow, such great. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know like, Jay, you went to a Paul Mitchell school. Which one? Paul Mitchell school, Tampa. Tampa. <laughs> yes. I have, I have Kevin Michaels. Before. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin's great. I worked with Kevin for many years. One of the shows we do, did you ever get to Caper? Yes, I did. So, Phenomenal. you know, in case you don't know, Caper is a student show that we do for the Paul Mitchell's kids. They, they sell, um, product kits to customers and other folks, family members, whatever way they got to do it, like Girl Scout <laughs> cookies on crack. Yes. And there's usually three or 4,000 of them in the room. And I'll usually not do much show. I build a show, all the internals, but I'll only do one haircut usually. And then I'll just rip their little hearts out of their chest. I'll cut yeah. with a hat, a fork, balloons, whatever I feel like. And I just imagine if I was in beauty school and they're teaching me all this stuff and then I watch this guy run up and in two seconds cuts it with a hat or whatever it is, uh, to me, what a great position we're in that we've got, you know, every show I do, there's 30 or 40% Paul Mitchell alumni in that audience. Yeah. So even when people go in, they go, well, how's it going to go? I say, I think I'm, I'm going to be okay because I've kind of, the audience has bred in my favor <laughs> because somebody went to a Paul Mitchell school somewhere, yeah. uh, you know, so it's yeah. a real thing. And, you know, over the last 20 years now. I mean, we put out about 150, nearly 200,000 graduates. So you can see wow. why that kind of works for us, but <clears throat> they've all went into different career paths. So, you know, what I went to beauty school for, I had no idea what I'm doing 
over the last 30 years. Oh my God, it led to that. I didn't know there was such a thing as being an educator. Didn't know there was a platform artist. Had no idea I'd get into making movies, producing shows, sometimes $4 million shows, traveling around the world. I mean, I've been to the Wailing Wall in Israel. I mean, who gets to do that? You know, I've done things that are just unbelievable, but it didn't all come by one big dream. It came from just chapter after chapter, doing the right thing, consistency, Jay, being good at it, not just good. You know, I've come off stage in Chicago and Vidal Sassoon was right off stage, said, come here. I said, what's up? He said, you're the best I ever seen. I said, I'll take it. Vidal Sassoon said, okay. <laughs> uh, an artist you may or may not know, Robert Lambetta, uh, one of the most incredible artists in the world. But he watched me in a show and then came back three weeks later to another city and said, I, I came to see if you were a fluke, meaning that you've got to be consistent so yes. whether you're behind the chair whether you're a performer um you know this isn't time to have an off day this is something that you just got to be good people rely on it they want to be lifted and our job is to take people on a journey and i think this is a part of being the ultimate goal of being success is because you've been consistent the whole way as a performer and a producer mm -hmm. and all that becomes the habit that's bred into you and then nothing can really stop you and you know when i first started you know, maybe everything was very different in that sort of era. And we started creating more of a salon team on stage. So it was diversity and watching multiple players. And, you know, even Guy Tang, who is a beautiful young man, done incredible things. He said, of course, the first color show was me and Stephanie Kachelski. Of course it was. We've been breaking the rules at Paul Mitchell forever. And I think it's some of the artists right now that are up there, when I go to the shows and I get to hang around, you know, they treat me like gold the way I would treat a Vidal Sassoon or a Nicholas French. You know, I don't know if you guys know Nicky French. He's a little, you know, he's kind of a, a beautiful quaffer. And whenever I see him, and I'll see him getting out of his car. He's usually traveling alone, maybe his wife. I'll go get his bag. My wife said, why do you get his bag? I said, that's just the guy I am. I'm going to help everybody. And I hope, Jay, when you see me next time at the airport, you come get my bag. Maybe I will carry whatever you want. But I, when, I travel, when I travel with JP, who's the owner of Paul Mitchell, and he also sold Patron for $5 billion, he does take my bag. I swear to God, this guy is the most caring individual in the world. Um, be nice to people on stage. Yes. Don't ever take the condescending route. Try not to judge it when it's backstage or judge other people. I have one little guy I work with. He's the most talented guy, probably the best editorial artist in the world. And I'm backstage with all these teams. And you know what that feels like. We did BTC together. We're all, you know, part of it for us is being with each other. And he's got a sign outside his dressing room that says, no pictures. I said, well, oh. who the heck are you to say no pictures? <laughs> he gets up on stage and then starts to tell shit on stage about some of the stuff backstage isn't good. And some of the people had come to see that not good hair. I mean, maybe they came to see me. Uh, and I said, well, you know, that was awesome, but you didn't have to put it in such a way verbally. So I went up after him the next day and I said to the audience, he is the greatest uh, editorial artist we've ever seen. And I said, clap your hands. And everybody stood up and I gave him the biggest cheer. I said, but unlike him, I do salon reality and I've come my 12 models with me and my partner and we knock it out in 30 minutes. This is what you do. This is what you're never going to do because that detail on editorial is not the detail the world's looking for right now. We are show people, but it's all based on that salon life. We're not yes. show people. Like there's show connoisseurs that build these beautiful shows that are perfect. My show is not perfect on purpose. We bring chaos. We bring a lot of action. Somebody said to me, there's too much going on. You don't know the audience. Hairdressers need shit to look at. They need to see multiple. <laughs> so They're going to go crazy. <laughs> yes. You know, so me multiple chairs multiple teachers 
is great if you understand what learning's about, that we all learn in different ways. And where I may be a non-precision hair cutter, maybe somebody else is into precision. So if I'm really watching a great TV show, it's seeing that balance of it. So as you guys starting to collaborate with one another, find that balance. You know, yes. with people that you think complement that. I used to work with some outrageous hair cutters. We would take on the biggest teams in the world. They couldn't touch us because we had a, a diversified line that were very, very dangerous. So, you know, the, the alliance between other people's talent, my hat is off to it. I'm an incredible showman. I can do a show absolutely on my own. But my favorite time to be show, Bob, is when I'm working with others. And there's multiple chairs and interaction between the people I kind of MC and you know, work I, half the time you see me on stage. I'm never on stage. I'm in the audience watching the show <laughs> like they are. And people shit when I do the BTC show, I jump off the stage every year. They act like it's a surprise. The stage isn't created to build distance. It's created to let you be seen. But that yeah, distance yeah. creates a barrier between you and the audience. So I'm as mm -hmm. quick as I'm up there and I know there's something not working. I'm on that carpet going to touch the people. Learned it from Jesus. Go touch the people. And <laughs> yeah. you'll see such a difference. So take away the yeah. distance of a large stage. Uh, yeah, the BTC show does a stage. It's wonderful. 5,000 people. But not everybody should be up there. That's death by stage. It is a monster. And, you know, I'm just saying I've paid attention to what I've done in my career. I used to do a lot of trade shows, Jay. Three or four a day. That's what gave me word power and stamina. And then drink all night <laughs> and get up in the morning and still at five o'clock and do it again. Um, that training is critical. That experience is critical. So you may say, well, Robert, there's no shows right now. Find a way to get the training. Get on your Zoom mm -hmm. friends. Start going. Go to Clubhouse. I don't care what you're using. Oh get God. some it shit. Did, that yes. the chance to do it because the difference between me and most of you listening, I've done it a lot. And it's not a gift from God. Jesus doesn't love me more than he loves you. I have the experience that has been on a million stages, a million classes. And it starts with classes of four people to 14, then getting to the 400. Uh, you don't go from zero to 12,000. And I promise you, if you've ever done a person live in front of 12,000 people, uh, you would shit your pants. It is something yes. <laughs> uh, The energy, yes. the expectation. And I also pray for failure, Jay. I did this trick last year with fans blowing and cutting hair with clippers. Clipper blade would fly, fly off. The razor would fly off. And I've, yeah, I've had so many things go wrong and I adapt to that. Yes. And people love it because when they're watching it, it's not so canned, it's stale. They're like, what's he doing? Oh my God, the clipper's out. What's going on next? You've got to keep them wanting more. And I think this is something people need to learn. Instagram is so easy, this little bit of screen. But when you're going to step it up to stage, uh, you've got to transform yourself. You've got to be bigger than television. And I just think these are things that you kind of do by learning through practice and watching other great people who do it well. And right now with the internet, there's so much stuff I can watch and be inspired with other talented people. Uh, I mentioned my son, I'm able to make him watch stuff that I think would help him. Yeah. He sends me stuff that dad, what about check this guy out, I just found him. It's a great way to kind of pass on ideas and be inspired. So, you know, for me, I've been given the greatest gift ever by going to school. I mentioned yep. moments at the top. My greatest gift is I had the courage to go to beauty school. And every dream I ever had came true because I did. And, and it all starts there. Yeah, I mean, for sure. And yeah. And Robert, I just, I have to say this. You are so amazing. And thank you mm -hmm. so much for blessing our podcast and yes. sharing all of your wisdom. I, 
I already am a raving fan and I will always be a raving fan. I was a raving fan when I first started school and I still am today. (laughs) And I think that you really woke us up and and the message that you gave us was about being consistent and being able to be adaptable and looking what, you know, is coming next and staying in the room Mm -hmm. and building and doing and keep doing and keep doing. And I love that because we stand for that and it's just seeing things in a different way, which you may have already been taught, but we want to shake your soul up (laughs) and everyone we are about to do rapid fire with robert chromines do you know the rules i I don't know the rules mary i need need some vodka (laughs) yes it's so easy listen it's i'm I'm gonna break it down super easy jay's gonna read you as many questions as he can they are super quick so you want to try to answer as many questions as you can in one minute. Yes. I'm going to hold up the timer and they're going to be totally random off the wall questions. You ready? Yes. We got it. We got it. All right. Let's do it. I'm going to count oh down. God. Let me get my stopwatch here. And hold on. Let's do one minute. You guys ready? Jay, you ready? Oh, I'm- okay. Say less. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Three, <laughs> two, one, go. Do you snore? Yes. Favorite junk food? McDonald's. Cake or pie? Cake. Ariel or Jasmine? Is that the mermaid? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you uh, say that? a word in Spanish? Uh, cerveza. <laughs> Why can't we tickle ourselves? Why can't we what? Tickle ourselves. I don't know what stuff you're all the <laughs> What's the best age? 58. Virtue or sin? Ooh, virtue. <laughs> sourdough, sourdough or wheat? Wheat. Favorite type of tea? English breakfast. Mm. Are reindeers real creatures? What the words? Reindeers. Are reindeers real creatures? Oh, yes, they are. Oh, dear. What a year. Yes, they are real creatures. Yes. <laughs> Big dog or small dog? No dog. Yeah. <laughs> no dog. Oh my goodness. Yes. Listen. I think we, we I think we should feed the homeless people. Stop feeding the animals. You know, it's yes. just it's a lot. It's a billion dollar industry. We we get involved in that. I'm just saying it's a uh, I, I see how people care for them and it's an amazing thing, but I also see people living on the streets. And you know, you look at the, the consumption of food around the world, a lot of our problem with COVID and other things is how much food we manufacture to eat. And if you have a billion pets on top of that, you could see where this is like, we got to look at the planet long-term. And I just think it's a question I see when I see people picking up poop on the street. I'm like, really? That's... Oh, I think we I can do both. I say I don't pick up poop. I, <laughs> I don't think know. we can I do both. If I maybe lived on a farm, Jay, maybe let the dog run free. But I am not going out with a pooper skipper. For those of you doing my hat is off you. We make a product called... John Paul Pet wipes. So if you want to use those, so good. Yes, uh, we JP do really Pet well with that. So good. So no, good. No, we make some good stuff. So you know, probably not a smart decision for me to say, but I just am looking <laughs> at the world in a, a very yeah. I don't have any. Um, I don't want to be the artistic director of the pet shampoo. Uh, people love their dogs, and not a conversation for me would ever change that. Uh, I'm just saying. I have a friend who's vegan, and I'm over at her house, and I said, "Well, what do your dogs eat?" And she goes, "Oh, they eat chicken." I'm like. Mm-hmm. How can you tell me you're vegan and your dog eats chicken? 
I mean, I'm just asking. But anyway, how yes. did I do? I mean, did I win a prize? Because I thought I got a lot of answers out. You, you I think, were the most. Yeah, right. I think you did get the most for sure. Yeah, hands down. And Jay, you were on it with the questions like boom, boom. So yeah. I'm so sorry. Just occasionally, I wouldn't recognize what you say, but you know. I'm not hard of hearing, I promised you. I had to lean in a little bit on it. Just oh, listen, sometimes I have this like little fairiness to my voice that leaves out some words, like letters. <laughs> Only because I do a lot of Zoom, so occasionally I'll look right at either one of you when I'm talking to you, but I also try to focus on the green button up top. And I was yeah. focused on the green button, so I look like I got a good listening face. And you start talking, and I thought it was you, Nina. So <laughs> yes. I, I said, oh, oh my gosh. gosh. So I was ready to say, Nina, you're frozen. Uh, because I thought it was you, uh, because I don't know your voice that well. And then I kind of looked at go, Jay's lips are moving. I, I yep. got it. I yes. Got it. on Jay. I love it. But Robert, we want to thank you so much thank for you. coming thank on you. to the podcast. Um, you're, you blow us away. You're everyone listening. I know you're so excited. Uh, yes. yes. Thank you so much for sharing your truth, your wisdom, your knowledge. I know this will be really great for our listeners. I'm sure they'll be all fired up. So make sure that you, if you don't follow Robert on Instagram, where can they find you on Instagram? Yeah, Robert Cromies is great. Uh, also, my wife, Mary Cromies, is on there. Uh, she puts a lot of great content out. She's yes. still an educator, yes. of course. I do a little blend of business art. And lately, I've been starting to cool and talent I see on the internet that I think is worth seeing. So I try to plug it through my page and uh -huh. you know, it means a lot to people when they get posted by me. So I didn't realize the impact I had. Sometimes I talk to international stylists all the time and I'll comment their picture and they nearly die and go to heaven because I made a yeah. comment, you know, <laughs> and uh, I kind of find it cause I, I, I know them, but I don't assume they naturally know me because as much as I'm a big deal at Paul Mitchell and sometimes the industry, uh, there are definitely places I go that people don't know who you are and just wonder who the weird, who the weird guy is. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. And I'll take it. I'll take it. They'll get to know me, Nina. Then once you've seen me, then you'll never forget it. Yeah. Um, say, we talked about it at the top, but I really appreciate it. I wish you both luck in what you do. Thank you. And maybe uh, in the near future, we can get together with my wife and I. We do a doubler. Um, yes. Especially when it comes to Love mentorship. That. Absolutely. Um, I think the female in the industry deserves even more my wife is probably if you were to pick a mentor listen to this even if it was a choice between her or, or me i say pick her because of what she does so dangerously behind the chair uh how fanatical she is in education she comes on camera she lights it up she comes on yes. stage and she is the hardest working woman i've ever seen mm -hmm. i have these crazy ideas of shows and she makes them happen for me but i just think you know we could do a little you know topic there and include yeah, the both love of us that, together. Love that. So we're very absolutely. fortunate in our life little trail we're together so if yeah, i get yes. delayed in in Dool's airport i don't care i'm with her mm. i get stranded somewhere i don't care i'm with her so my home is with her and we get to travel together uh when tsa want to hold up the line and strip search every day we don't care we're just going to make out and dance all the line away <laughs> um, so, you know i just had a lot of belief in that and you know more and more i just think she's the best example i've ever seen she's living it by example mm. and maybe in the future we could get together the, the four of us like a yes double day. yes we're gonna do it that. we're gonna do it so great thank you so much make sure that you follow robert on instagram make sure that you check out our amazing sponsor at oligo pro i am at nina tulio at it's Mr. J Ladner. And if you learn anything from listening to us today, please know that it is okay to live in your truth and remember to always live your life out loud. See you next time.